Welcome back to the Sound Sense Podcast. I'm Jessica Quinlan. Today we are discussing all things saving and budgeting for weddings. I'm excited today to be joined by Emma Protzik, our supervisor of financial coaching. Hello, Emma. Hi, Jess. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Good. Good. And Sarah Bickers, our lead community educator. How are you, Sarah? I'm doing well. I'm excited to be here. Yes, I'm so excited to have you. I'm very excited because both of you are in the throes of planning your fall weddings, which is very, very exciting. So this is perfect for what we're talking about. I'd like to just start with how did you start planning for your wedding? I feel like you get engaged and it's exciting. And then what do you do? So Emma, let's start with you. Yeah, no, it's definitely overwhelming thinking about all those things. I think priority number one, though, for you and your partner is to set that budget. So talk about how much you're willing to spend, what you're looking for overall in that wedding. This is also a great time to set priorities and values when it comes to those. So there's lots of traditions around weddings and lots of (laughs) opinions involved, of course, but really figure out what matters most to you and your partner. Are there traditions that you can cut out? Are there things that matter more to you to budget for and have those conversations around? Awesome, how about you, Sarah? So I'm a really big Pinterester. I'm somebody who spends a (laughs) lot of time like looking at places to travel and also like wedding images. And so it's something that I had already spent some time like kind of daydreaming about that day. But when I did get engaged and started to actually really plan for a wedding, I had all these images in mind and then I had to have conversations with my partner, with my family about what our budget was going to look like. And so we sat down, took a look at some numbers, talked to our family members to see if there was anything that they'd be contributing to kind of get those guidelines. So then we could start figuring out how all of those big picture ideas that I had had for some time could fit into that. I love it. That's awesome. So I know we're still obviously planning and there may be some expenses to come, but so far, what were some of the biggest unexpected expenses that you've come across? Start with you, Sarah. Oh my goodness. Uh, So uh, (laughs) there can be more than one. (laughs) So I did a lot of research at the start to find out average numbers of things and just look at different places I was interested in. And the average cost of a wedding in Colorado is about $30,000. Now, obviously that number is quite inflated by people who have huge extravagant weddings. So it's absolutely possible to do a wedding for less. Those are just the average numbers. But when I was looking at those big expenses, typically they're the venue and that one I kind of anticipated. But the one that I think my anticipation for it was like not quite how shocked I was at the sticker price was catering. So I had looked at catering costs in another state before and then I decided I was getting married in Colorado. And I was quite shocked, especially with the preferred caterers at our venue, how much they were asking for and how little it included. So it was just food cost. It wasn't cost for the plates and for linens and all those other big packages. So there are ways to get that down there, caterers that are cheaper, but some of them can charge quite a bit of money for food. Good to know. And yes, I mean, fed guests are happy guests. So there's not always a way around that, but I can only imagine how expensive it is. How about you, Emma? Food was actually a big one for us, too, and it's funny, Sarah. I think that that's kind of one of those ways you can fight those traditions as well if mm. food's outside of your budget. We are actually doing a pizza party, basically, so we're I getting some it. pizza delivered and a salad bar. So, again, it's all about just bringing it back to the values. 
Another huge expense that we faced that I had no idea about was definitely those florals. So again, it definitely depends on how you want your wedding to look, but that was pricey. And for something that you don't really get to hang on to for much longer, if you're looking at those live options. So that's one expense that we also decided to cut out. Our, my bridesmaids actually aren't going to have bouquets by any traditional sense. We're going to Sam's Club or Costco and getting some baby's breath and making it work that way. I love it. Those are such great ideas. So kind of building on that, what are some other ways that maybe you have found that you could save? There are a lot of different areas to save when it comes to weddings. And as Emma mentioned before, I would definitely recommend sitting down and figuring out like what your values are and what you really care about. So that way, when you're looking to cut costs, uh, it makes those decisions a little easier. For me, one big area I saved was actually on our venue cost. So I was looking originally at getting married on a Saturday, which is pretty typical because a lot of guests like to be able to make that a sort of weekend event. But for us, we were looking at Saturday venue costs at the venues we wanted and they were quite expensive and they were also pretty booked by the time that we started Mm -hmm. looking and we realized that most of our guests were going to be taking time off to travel anyway because we're having our wedding in Colorado most of our family is from out of state so we're having our wedding on a Thursday and the difference between the venue cost from a Thursday a weekday wedding to a Saturday wedding is quite significant so if it's something within your like you're capable of doing and having it on a weekday or on an off day or off season, you can save a ton of money and get your dream venue that way. I love that. That just makes me think, how far in advance did both of you plan this, plan your dates? We picked mine about a year out before the wedding date. Okay. How about I, you, Emma? I think we were around that time frame as well. Around a year, yeah. That yeah. seems typical. I was Look just going rather than yeah. later, yeah. of course, absolutely. for all the weddings. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I love it. Are there any other resources that you've found that are, you know, helping you plan? Oh, there are a ton of resources out there, and there are to- also a ton more ways to save that I'd, lo- I'd love to talk about that I found through those resources as well. Great, please. Uh, those other wedding websites are definitely great places to get started with just a ton of recommendations and like getting things set up. But I've spent a ton of time just on Facebook and different wedding groups getting advice from brides all over the world about how they're saving, what they're doing, what the traditions are, things like that. And I've even met other brides through those platforms that are having their wedding at the same venue I'm having it at so we can have that conversation as well. I think another great resource too are those wedding expos so check out your local area. Um, Great way to kind of check out different vendors if you're not exactly sure where you want to start. You can also get some pretty good deals. I get lots of email discounts from the ones that I I gave my information to. I love that. So Sarah, what are these gems that you want to share with us about other fun ways to save? Oh, it's just a long list of different different categories. So one tip that I'd like to share is take a look at your guest list. The average cost per guest for a wedding is around $300. We talked about food expenses already. That's certainly a part of it. But if you think about every, every little component that goes into planning a wedding and every little thing per each guest, it does add up. So cutting down on your guest list, while not ideal, can be one way to to save a ton of money on your wedding because it does open the opportunity to have smaller weddings at different places. 
I love that. I've never thought about the the true number. You know, I think you often see or hear, you know, 150 a plate, and that's food venue. But then you have to factor in if you're wearing a dress and the flowers and really making that number higher, 300, I guess. I'm just doing some quick math in my head. That adds up. And I think, too, (laughs) if you are worried about saying no to some people, I know, again, lots of feelings and emotions for a wedding. Get creative. Maybe you can have a party in someone's backyard to celebrate with those individuals that couldn't make that guest count initially. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's very true. Any other gems or or things you've seen other people do? Maybe you're not doing them, but you know of other tips and tricks. One specific thing about Colorado, Colorado is one of the rare states that doesn't require you to hire an officiant for your wedding. So if you're looking to cut some, cut some costs there, you can declare yourself married. You can go get the paperwork. You can have a whole ceremony doing that. You can elope doing that. But it's one of the rare states out there that doesn't require you to hire somebody to do that. That's fantastic. I did not know that. Are, are either of you having efficiency? I am not. Oh. That, that is an area I decided to save on. We were originally planning on asking somebody, but they didn't think they'd be able to make it out for the wedding for that. And we decided rather than hiring a stranger, we wanted to just make it special and do it ourselves. No, we're using my partner's sister, so we got no cost there, thankfully. Very <laughs> nice. I love it. Um, so going back to these are sort of ways that you can save, but I guess as far as planning ahead for your wedding, either during that sort of engagement period, or maybe you are single or in a relationship, but the, the question hasn't been popped yet, what are some sort of tips on on actually just having that money? Like, do you feel there needs to be a fund? Do you need a conversation with family? Or do you think it's feasible even if you get engaged and there is zero dollars allocated to make that work? So that you're not planning a wedding 10 years down the road to save all that money. I think with any goal, the earlier you can save, the better. There's nothing wrong with preemptively saving money for different things. I really do like the idea of kind of separating those funds. That way you can keep track of those and you have that more emotional connection. But if you don't have any money saved up, again, that's where you can bring in the conversations about overall budget, what you can afford, and if there are family or friends that can maybe help you out there. Yeah, and with that particular situation, if you haven't started your wedding savings and there isn't any support and you're starting from zero, it might be worth having the hard conversation about when you're going to have that wedding. Ideally, you don't want to wait something like 10 years to be able to reach those goals, but a lot of people approach it differently to do what works best for them. Some people go ahead and have a a courthouse wedding, a small thing, or do a little elopement and then plan to have a big ceremony in a few years with all their friends. Some of them decide to go ahead and postpone it for a few years to save up or some of them decide okay like I'd rather have my wedding and get married now with the money that we do have and can budget for and it might not be my big elaborate dream wedding but it's the one that's going to work for us so it's up to everybody to figure out what's going to work best for them. Yeah, I love that. That's great. Any other, anything else you'd like to add? Use the resources out there. I know we shared a few, the expos, Pinterest, but just having conversations with people to get their tips and tricks. And the ones we shared here today are great, but there's a, a large list of advice and areas to save and things out there that you can find. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. Emma and Sarah, thank you so much for being here. It was great having you. Thanks, Jess. Thanks, Jess. Thank you for listening to Sound Sense from End Credit Union. Be sure to follow our podcast as well as rate and review us. I'm Jessica Quinlan. I will see you next week, same time, same place. The information presented in this episode is intended to be used for informational purposes only and should not be considered advice. Consult a financial, tax, or legal professional to see if the information provided in this episode is suitable for your situation. 
Information stated is current as of the time of recording and may be subject to change in the future. Third-party products and services mentioned in the podcast are done so for informational purposes only and should not be considered endorsements or affiliations unless stated otherwise. Any opinions of guests or third parties on the podcast are strictly their own and do not represent End Credit Union. End Credit Union is insured by the NCUA and is an equal housing opportunity lender. Visit end.com for more information.